0: Welcome back to Ravel Radio. In this episode, we're going to dig into the concept of operating in our strength zone and the importance of recognizing and developing our talents. Our guest today is Carol Wheeler. She's going to share insights from her experience, highlighting the power of leveraging our strengths for success. As a Gallup certified strengths coach, Carol helps teams discover and deploy their individual and team strengths to promote more team commitment and less conflict. She provides workshops and speeches on talent, emotional intelligence, conflict management, and building effective teams. Carol holds a PhD in leadership education from Oklahoma State University, a master's in higher education and student affairs from Indiana University, and a bachelor's in leadership development from Texas A&M University. She formed NOPA Leadership to bring out the best in people through empowered leadership so organizations can reach their objectives with the most important resource of all, people. Let's hear what Carol has to say. Oh, hey, Carol, thank you so much for for joining me. Absolutely, Carol. I'm thrilled to be here. You know, you you and I have talked a lot, and we always get into this strengths thing uh, because I'm a total nerd about personality tests and psychology and and so I would love to hear from you what is the strengths finder test? What, what is this? Sure.
1: So Strengths Finder,
0: which has been around for a really long time. They've actually
1: now rebranded as Clifton Strengths. So I'm working on calling it that, but a lot of people still know it as Strengths Finder. Um, Clifton Strengths is an assessment designed to measure, um, your talents. What are things that you are naturally really good at? So the way that, uh, the way that we define talent is a naturally recurring pattern of thought behavior or action sorry thought behavior or feeling um, that can be productively applied so when we break that down it is something that naturally happens inside of you right and that can be used for good um so the clifton strengths measures that and helps you figure that out so some of the time you know what some of those things are, but a lot of times there are some things you're not even conscious of how good you are at them, right? So it helps to kind of bring that to the surface. Um, when you take the assessment, what you get back is there are 34 talent themes um, within the finder. And so the, the simplest version of the assessment will give you your top five. These are your top five talents or strengths um, that you are best at. You can also buy, um, spend a little bit more and get your full 34s in order so you can see what are the things, like how do they go all the way down to the bottom. Um, but for most people, that top five is the most powerful because it really helps you zone in on what are the things that I do naturally, sometimes without even knowing it. A lot of times those top five are things that we are surprised that other people aren't also doing.
0: Yes. That has been my experience for sure. And I kind of jumped in here a little bit because you and I already talked a lot about these things. So I should probably yeah. back up and fill everybody who else who might be listening in on like, why are we talking about this strength finder thing, this Gallup strengths, um, Clifton Strengths Finder. So you you work with companies to help them help their leadership build better, stronger, more effective teams that promote teams that are more likely to have high morale and high retention. Yes, absolutely. And the strengths strengths are one of the things that you look at, right, when you're working with these people.
1: Yes, I'm a Gallup certified strengths coach. Clifton Strengths comes from the Gallup organization, which should also tell you that it's very well researched. Um, but that, so Strengths is one of the tools, it's kind of one of my core tools that I use in helping teams understand themselves and each other better.
0: I kind of thought it would be cool to talk to you about leadership, leadership, and what we need to do to understand ourselves better, because um, if we're entrepreneurs, we are leaders, and whether or not we have a team, we may have one one day, we still have to understand ourselves and how we work in our business and how we can work to our best ability. Because mm-hmm. um, like, even if you're a team of yourself, you want to have high morale and you want to stick with it, right? Right. Like you still that. have to lead yourself. You want retention you're- in your business for
1: yourself. Right. Right. You want all of those things. And you are, when you're an entrepreneur, there's nobody, um, nobody out there leading you. You're leading yourself.
0: Right. I never really thought about that. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. That, that feels like one of those moments where I realized I had to be a salesperson in my business too, where I was like, what? I just want to be the, the entrepreneur person. I don't want to do sales, but yeah. it's fine. I'll do it. Whatever. But here you are. That's here we are. So yeah. yeah. So we're, we're leading ourselves. So how, how, do you, how do you see this show up for people, leaders, when they don't know their strengths?
1: Sure. You know, I sometimes think about it as working um, in our strength zone or working outside of our strength zone. And one of the things I tell people is, you know, it's not necessarily our goal to spend 100% of our time in our strength zone. Right. That would be lovely and idealistic. But for most of us, whether we're looking at jobs or leadership opportunities or being an entrepreneur, if we can hit 75 or 80 percent of the time in our strength zone, then we are flying. We're doing amazing things. Um, when I talk about the strength zone, I I sometimes use um, Gay Hendricks in his book, The Big Leap, talks about zones and he calls them zones of genius, Zone of excellence, zone of competence, and zone of incompetence. And when I'm talking about your strength zone, you're in your zone of genius, like the things that you can do better than anybody, right? In your unique way, um, you're doing them differently and better than anybody else, right? Um, Most of us as entrepreneurs, first off, we have to look at that zone of incompetence, because if we're doing stuff in that zone of incompetence... We feel frustrated. We feel burned out. It usually takes us forever, right? If you have something on your list that you avoid until the very last minute, until it has to be done, and then it feels like you are like dragging yourself across the finish line, you're probably hanging out in your zone of incompetence, right? But where most of us actually get stuck is the zone of competence and even the zone of excellence, right? Because those are things, there's less friction for us. We can do them, right? Particularly that zone of competence, we can do it. Um, but it doesn't bring us a lot of joy. It doesn't bring a lot of energy. Um, a lot of times we still don't really feel like it's that great. We're like, I got that done. Fine. But it, you know, like somebody else could do this a lot better, but whatever, I got it done. Um, and then even in that zone of excellence, we might do it at a really high level. But it still takes us longer and takes more of our brain power um, than working in our zone of genius. And there's probably somebody else who could do it quicker and better. Um, and that Those things in the zone of excellence are the things we have the hardest time giving up as entrepreneurs, right? Because you're like, but I'm good at
0: this. Yeah, I can see that. So when you get your strengths finder or when you get your top strengths um, I think I, I, I know I paid for the whole thing because I wanted all of yeah. the, give me all of the yeah. information. All of it. And I found it really helpful to see which ones were at the bottom so that mm-hmm. I could take a look at where I might be spending time and explain, help, help explain to me why maybe that didn't feel good. I have zero of my top 10 strengths in execution. did Ditto. So, that is really difficult if you're trying to to be like a service-based entrepreneur who is maybe on retainer executing marketing tactics for people so I look back now and I'm like well of course I was miserable doing everybody's marketing because um I suck at it and mm-hmm. it's not fun for me but you and I have a lot of similar similarities in our top five okay. But that's that's not really common because that there are a lot of combinations that you can have with 34 different strengths, right?
1: Yes. Here's the stats. And I don't actually know the stat on the full 34. Top five, one in 33 million to find somebody else with the same top five in the same order. Whoa. Wow. Right? Yeah. Same top five, same order. I'm not even sure what it is on the full 34 astronomical.
0: But just imagine if you think that somebody out there is doing the same thing that you're doing in their business, or you think maybe their competition and, and their... Just think, combine that statistic that you just said with maybe the Colby and the Myers-Briggs and core values and your own personal history and and story mm-hmm. and the way you approach something maybe, what's important to you versus someone what's important to somebody else who has that mm-hmm. same same top five in that same order, there's just there's no way somebody could be bringing to the table exactly what you're bringing to the table.
1: That's exactly what I take from it. I think that's incredible to imagine that there really is nobody else like you. Like there are things that you can do and ways that you can do things that nobody else can do right? Because strengths is one piece of it. Like you said, there's these other personality tests. There's also just your experiences and your upbringing and your ways of approaching things and your ways of interacting with people. All of that comes together. There's nobody doing it the same way you are.
0: I want to circle back to what you said about how that's difficult to see. Mm -hmm. Because that is one of the most frustrating things when you're... Well, like when I was trying to pivot the a couple of years ago and I was trying to figure out what what do I do really well? Like what do I do better than anybody else? What is my thing that I can contribute and do a really, really great job at and enjoy. And I couldn't see it. It was it wasn't until somebody else pointed out this, you know, you know, not everybody else does that. That's really hard for a lot of people. And I'm like, what? You're kidding me. But when I looked at the strengths, like now when I look at them, it makes perfect sense. I'm like, okay, well, right. obviously I can see where each one of those top strengths like feeds into the way that I kind of operate when I'm in my zone. Right. But looking at them, the descriptions are kind of not vague, but you could apply them in a lot of different ways. Yes. So now that I look look at them, I'm like, oh, okay, well, that makes perfect sense. But it wasn't enough for me to really figure out where I was going. So would you say it's more about trying to operate in a certain way rather than trying to figure out what you should be doing with them? Yes. I think thinking
1: about how you operate is really critical because the reality is the strengths are going to operate in everything that you do right? Whether it's your business, your life, et cetera. Um, for me, this is why strengths coaching exists. This is why there's people like me out here trying to help people figure it out. Because it's one thing, I know lots of people who've taken the assessment and they've read the results and they're like, well, yeah, that's me. Check. Um, but actually then taking that and figuring out how it applies to your life and how it might influence the way you set up and structure your business and even what you offer in your business um that takes sort of a deeper level of analysis because you're right the strings are purposely they they were created from research from they literally interviewed hundreds of thousands of people who had been successful, really successful in education, in corporate America, in um, nonprofits, in the military, like across a whole, all different sectors. And they asked them like, what made you successful? And that data is where they pulled the talents. So these talents are not, um, you know, when you read the descriptions, they're not gonna say, oh, go be a relationship marketer. That's who you are, right? It's putting all the pieces together and really understanding it that can help you.
0: Yeah. I think it's so, I think it's so cool. I, this is one of my favorite tests. And I keep my strengths report on a fold in a folder on my desk because occasionally when I start to doubt myself, I like to see in writing that there's proof that I'm really good at this thing or whatever. You know, there's, it's sort of like, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I can see where that is where i'm winning in those departments.
1: Right, where i'm doing those things, yeah. Well, and i think you know it just helps us when it, when you were talking earlier about having the full 34 is really helpful. One of the things i tell people cuz you can buy the full th- the top 5 and then go back and open up the rest of the report without retaking the assessment. Um sometimes i encourage people to start there um only because my sort of barometer for the full 34 is Don't get the full thirty four until you are at a place personally where you can look at the bottom and go, Yep, that's not me.
0: Mm, Yeah.
1: Right? So if you're thinking, I want to know what the bottom are so I can improve that.
0: Oh god. Don't look at the bottom. Please 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 don't. don't. Please don't. It's so it's so hard to shore up. Are st- like strategically, that doesn't make sense to me. And I know I've been yes. conditioned to do that in life. Yes. We are conditioned to improve upon ourselves, right? So, mm-hmm. but, but like, think about how much energy goes into trying it to be good at something at you're not good at, as opposed to like letting loose on something you're really yeah. good at already. Yeah. Like, absolutely. That is night and day, and you're going to feel different.
1: Yep. I use a formula, like a mathematical formula when I teach this, where I talk about like knowledge plus skills creates competence. So you can become competent at almost anything by learning about it and practicing it, right? Um, But your improvement on that, once you get to a base level of competence, any improvement you see is going to be very tiny for a lot of effort, okay? Talent is literally, if that knowledge and skills are in parentheses, talent is the multiplier, Mm. It literally exponentially multiplies that effort. So if you think about like a sports analogy, I was a tennis player in high school. I love to play tennis. I'm a pretty competent tennis player. I worked really hard at it. I put a lot of knowledge and skills toward it. I do not have a lot of natural athletic ability. I can go out, I could go out starting today and spend six hours practicing tennis and I would get better a little bit at a time, right? But you take somebody like Serena Williams and six hours a day, like she's going to get exponentially better. Like her, the the outcome of those or the ROI on those six hours for her is astronomical compared to mine, right? So sometimes we do have to build competence. Sometimes we have to look at something and go, you know, as an entrepreneur, if you are not at the point where you can hire somebody else to take care of your numbers, and that's something you're not competent at, even if you have a bookkeeper, you're going to have to get competent at reading them, right? Like, you may never be a whiz at that. But you're going to have to build enough knowledge and skills to be competent, but you don't need to turn your business around where that's what you're focusing on.
0: I love that you just said ROI too, because as a business owner, time is really critical. Like managing our time, right. it's easy. Like I get, st- I know I get stuck in doing all the things and I have a hard time stopping because I'm always thinking about business and, and, yeah. um, and planning and not planning necessarily. I don't always plan, but you know, us quick starts. (laughs) Yes. Doing, trying, like just like the trying, the doing, the experimenting. Right. But, um, but the truth is is that our time is limited and there are places I should be spending more time. So, so I really should be looking at this from the perspective of what can I be doing? How should I create a business, structure that business, operate inside of that business in a way that's going to give me the most ROI for that time. And I should be working in my strengths most of that time.
1: Yes, absolutely. Well, and I think that's, you know, as entrepreneurs, this can be really helpful in thinking about even small ways of how we set up our business, right? So for instance, um, you know, you talked earlier about not having any executing strengths. I don't have any executing <laughs> strengths in my top ten either. And I always use that as an example when people are like, Oh no, I don't have a domain.
0: You know, I still get things done. I still showed up on time today. You and I are still yeah, here. You're I, still
1: gonna get this posted. Like the we podcast. Get
0: the podcast is getting edited. I am writing, I'm exactly. doing the script. Like things are happening. You are it executing. It doesn't feel as, it's It's not that you can't do it. It's just that it's not flowing for you. There's right. a lot of effort going into that.
1: There's more effort. Well, and one of the things that we learn is we have to look at um how can our top talents help us to do the things that don't come naturally to us. So for instance, I have learned the two things that really helped me my strategic number one really helps me get things done cuz i can i can plan down to a real specific I, and i can sit down and i can knock something out fast when i have to and um, the second thing i've learned is i am much more motivated by relationships than i am about just getting things done so for instance that's why it works really well for me to have business buddies and to be part of a coaching program that has some built-in accountability of post what you're going to do this week, post how it went this week. Do Those kind of things are really motivating to me because I care about the relationships that are part of that. And I I want to be a a valuable part of the community, right? And that helps me execute so that so we can get there. But sometimes we have to look at it a little differently.
0: I'm so glad you just said that because... My number one is connectedness, right? Mm -hmm. And I care a lot about those relationships too. I care a lot about like connecting the dots for people and the girls in Ravel. I care a lot about all of them. And so, like you just said, I'm way more motivated to push myself to execute things like like getting things on the calendar and editing a podcast because I because of the strength of the relationships.
1: Yes. Because you know it's feeding into that relationship.
0: Yeah, it matters. There's a lot. like a yeah. kind of like the value linking thing. Like, yes, even though I may not like my top three values are um, freedom, connection, and authenticity, and like money doesn't show up in my top. Like, money is not mo- not what motivates me, right? But if I want freedom, I need money, so I have to kind of like right. make right. that connection. Right, you kind of got to get there. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Connectedness
1: is my number two. So I totally, I yeah. always say, tell people for me, strategic and connectedness, the two of them together are my superpower.
0: Ooh. So okay. So what are your top five again? Strategic connectedness, um, input, intellection, and individualization. Okay. So mine. This is we're similar. Mine is connectedness, input strategy, strategic, learner, and activator. Right. So like that's... Yeah. And I have learner and activator same.
1: both in my top 10. Yeah. the so learner is number six for me. And I think activator is nine. Something like that.
0: Yeah. Can you explain the four categories of strengths really quick? Sure. And kind of what sure. those mean? So um, at some point in
1: order to kind of help, you know, lots of assessments like to group things. Okay. So Gallup created the four domains of leadership. One of the things I think is valuable to know about this is that the, um, the 34 talent themes came out of deep and long-term research. The four domains of leadership, um, are a lot more theoretical. They came out from some really smart people sitting around who had done a lot of strengths work, talking about all the people that had had these themes, um, and g- categorizing them. So they are a little bit more, um, I don't know. I just think don't get too caught up in the categories. I, I guess just think I'm it's saying.
0: nice to have a it framework to yeah, kind of think about those things. Yes.
1: So the four themes, and they also, they created the the four domains as part of the book, Strength, Space, Leadership. So what they were is the four things that all teams needed to do. Okay. So relationship building is one category. Um, strategic thinking is another category. So there's a whole, not just strategic, but a whole series of themes under that. Um, influencing is a third category. And the fourth category is, um, executing as we've talked about. So the themes sort of group underneath those. And what you find is like executing themes just naturally point to getting things done, right? Relationship building themes naturally point to making things happen or to making things happen within relationship. Um, What's interesting is, you know, when an influencing domain is the least common domain, um, and so a lot of times, particularly I do some training for um, folks in sales, and a lot of times people without influencing domains will get a little worried, like, but I'm a salesperson. Well, yes, I would say that for the most part, people who are really natural salespeople often have multiple influencing domain, influencing themes in their top five, Um, but we all influence. I did a coaching session with somebody um, this morning who her influencing themes are all like 22 and below, right? Mm. But she has a whole coaching business, um, coaching and training business, doing meditation and mindfulness for people. Um, and she her business is growing leaps and bounds. So clearly she's influencing people, right? But she's doing it through relationship and thinking right? Through relationship building themes and thinking themes, not directly through influencing themes.
0: Yeah. That kind of ties into what you were saying about how you rely on your strateg- strategic being such a high, like that's your number one is strategic. And because of that, you're able to strategize ways to execute where, when, even yes. when it's not in your top five. Yes. So you yes, can lean exactly. on your strengths to get more out of the areas that you're not. Maybe. Yes. So heavy, heavy duty. Yeah.
1: Well, one of the, you know, one of the things that, um, that Gallup says a lot is the best in a role, um, deliver the same outcomes, but don't use the same behaviors. So I think about that a lot when we do this, right, is instead of worrying so much about what do I need to do, um, or who do I need to model myself after? Oh, that person got the outcomes I wanted. So I'll just go do what they did, right? Instead of doing that, go, okay, what outcomes do I want? And how do what's the path for my strengths to get to those
0: outcomes? Yes. Yes. I I have been guilty in the past of looking at what everybody else is doing and trying to figure out how they did that so I could get there too. When in reality, it would have been a lot faster and better for me to look at like look inward instead, instead of looking for the answers everywhere else, looking inward and saying, what do I do best and how can I best get wherever it is I want to go.
1: Yes. Yes, absolutely. When I you, think this influences as entrepreneurs, how we think about both how we structure our business and what we offer, as well as how we do each of the tasks within our business that have to be done.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'll edit this out. That's fine. <laughs> um, I can ask you.
1: I know you were about to ask. Sorry.
0: No, I I, I forgot. Um, I'm having just like a moment here. Holy crap. That's okay. Take a minute. Um, Right before that,
1: we've been talking about the um, uh, bubbity-bubbity outcomes. You get there via outcomes. Use your talents to get to the outcomes that you want.
0: Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. If, if someone is not working in their strengths, what does that feel like as opposed Mm -hmm. to when you are working in your strengths? I mean, cause you can go get the test and you can read it and use the logic there, but does it, how do you feel?
1: Mm -hmm. I love this question. So, um, sometimes I think it feels like running through sludge. (laughs) (laughs) I that's the best visual I can come up with That You're just like, right? Um, it is the opposite of feeling energized, right? Um, it feels extra hard. And like you constantly have more to learn than you could possibly learn to get this done. Um, that's kind of what it feels like when you're not in your strength zone, like, oh, just, I'm never quite getting there. It it, it feels um, demotivating. mm. Um, you know, like you're just not that motivated to do it. And every time you do, it just feels like you're just dragging yourself through it step by step. Um, you know, it's interesting because one of the things we talk about, I do sometimes, uh, I do speaking gigs or workshops with people who don't have the assessment. Um, and when we do that, we talk about the philosophy behind strengths, which I think is the most important part. This, just this whole idea of focusing on what we're good at and what is right with us rather than focusing on what we're bad at and what's wrong with us, that alone will change your life, with or without the assessment. Um But when we do this without the assessment, we talk about the five clues to talent. Um And to those, that is what it feels like when you are living in your strength zone, right? So one of those is flow, right? Just that moment when you are in something, you completely lose track of time. You lose track like a kid walks in and you don't even notice them because you were just in it. Um, That state of flow we often experience when we're working in our strength zone. Um, Something else that happens a lot is we have uh, what we call glimpses of excellence. So you're doing something that you maybe haven't done a lot and you're like, why was I so good at that? Uh, (laughs) other people are like, how did I get
0: so amazing?
1: (laughs) Right. And it's like something that you just like you, you glimpse yourself being really good at. And again, that sports analogy, sometimes it's helpful. You imagine that moment where somebody sees, you know, six-year-old Serena hit a tennis ball and they're like, wait a second, there's some talent there, right? That sort of glimpse of excellence can really help too. Um, And it feels really good. Like usually when you're in your strength zone, you walk away from doing something feeling energized and ready for the next thing rather than exhausted.
0: Yeah, it feels like a a lot of the messages that I got growing up and in school and early on in entrepreneurship were just keep pushing, just keep trying, you know, put your head down, work hard. Um, Like work is supposed to be hard or something like yes. my dad would come home. So my dad was a plumber before he retired and he would come home and every day I would be like, Hey dad, how was your day? And I really wanted to know how his day was. And right. every day he said, job sucks, boss is an asshole. That was what he said. And I was like, and I wonder sometimes like how long did I, how did I, how, in- how did I internalize that? Maybe did right. I, did I think that like, and then what does that mean if I'm the boss? like <laughs> right yes um so i'm kind of curious you you mentioned something earlier about how maybe we shouldn't look at all 34 strengths right away until we're comfortable with the idea that we don't ha- that we're not going to be strong everywhere else where what do you think we need to do to make that leap what happens to us what, what do we need to know in between looking at just what we're good at and being able to objectively look at what well, where, where where we are not strong,
1: right? I think that there's probably three things that I think help people get there. Um, the first one is, and I have a quote that I love. So Don Clifton, who created the assessment, which is why we renamed it Clifton Strengths Finder or Clifton Strengths after him. Um, my favorite quote of his was, what will happen in the world when we start focusing and thinking about what is right with people rather than fixating on what is wrong with them? And so that that's the first mindset shift, is looking at yourself and what's right with you rather than focusing on what's wrong with you. Um, the second thing is, oh, I said there were three. Time out. One second. Let me remember what my other two were because I had them both in my head. Um, I just went blank here.
0: That's okay. Sorry. It, happened me, it happened to me too. <laughs> it's, it's just, this is the beauty of editing. You I'm won't like, hear any of this. Right,
1: right, right. This will all go away. Um, let's talk about Clifton. It was going to talk about, oh, the, the outcomes and then the, um, oh, weakness. Okay. So the second thing is, is that what we talked about earlier about, really believing that the best people get the same outcomes but don't do it the same way believing that like having that mindset shift is very freeing because you quit thinking i have to be exactly like somebody to get the results they got right you start thinking okay what outcomes did they get that i want to emulate and not so much how do i try to be exactly like them that's the second mindset shift and then the third thing is Beginning to understand that for most of us, our greatest weaknesses are not actually at the bottom of the list. They are our greatest talents flipped on their head. They're our greatest talents taken out of, con- out of control um, without us developing them, without us paying really attention to them. So I can give you an example. Really?
0: Strategic. Yes. It's fascinating. Okay. Hold on. Time out. I got to go get yeah. my, fo- I got to get my folder. <laughs> Okay, get your folder. I can't find it. It's Always right here. It doesn't matter. Okay, it doesn't matter. You you can doesn't look at it later. Okay. But uh, so so for instance, like
1: let's take me for an example. Um, strategic. Well, let's use input. Because we've talked about strategic a couple of times. Input's my number three strength. Okay. Um, input is this whole idea that people with input, I call them like a, a librarian of information in their head. They love to collect information. When they go down a rabbit hole in a particular topic, they really want to know everything about it. And one of the things they love to do is they love to share um, resources with other people. And they don't forget things, right? So they're like, so if somebody starts talking about something and they're like, oh, I've got this great resource for you. Let me tell you about it. Like, it's like their, their brain has this card catalog and they can flip through it quickly and pull it out where other people like, how do you even remember that? I don't know. I just do. So input um, taken to the extreme. So if you imagine having that natural tendency, but not understanding it and having no control over it. Um, People with input can go so deep into a subject that they ignore everything else. So for instance, when I was working on my dissertation, and one of the things you have to do when you write a dissertation is write a literature review and go out and see what other people have said about your topic. Um, My instinct was to find every single article that had ever been written about my topic, which is impossible, right? So input out of control can keep you from moving forward, right? The other thing input can do, um, so sort of on the backside, is sometimes it can make other people feel like you just always um, need to be the one solving their problem because somebody starts talking to you about something and instead of listening and empathizing and hear what they have to say, um, if input is out of control, you have no control over it, input is just like, ooh, here, let me give you this. Ooh, here, let me give you this.
0: Can you see how both of the, you're like, yeah, I've done this. I'm, I'm sitting here going, inputs my, inputs my number two and everything you said tracks. Yeah.
1: 100%. So when we think about strengths, I think about strengths development as being about if your strengths are a dashboard, like you're flying a plane, right? Um, strengths development is about getting control of the dials because these things are naturally recurring in you. And so when you're paying no attention to them, they just spin out of control up, down, wherever they want to go right? Based on your instinct. Strengths development is about getting control of those and being able to dial them up and dial them down. Being able to go, oh, in this conversation, I can see that this person just needs me to listen. So I'm going to dial input down now. And then later when they're like, I don't really know what to do. I need some resources. I can turn it back up a little bit, right? It's going, oh, I turned input all the way up um, for a month and a half researching my literature review, I have 250 articles. I'm gonna dial it way back. That's enough, Carol. Turn it down. Right. <laughs> um, and so like input is this incredible strength. It's such a beautiful gift that you have to give to other people and to gather information and to have access to it to share. Um, but that can that I would guess get you in more trouble than not having an executing strength in your top 10.
0: Oh, man, that blows my mind. What what happens when what what happens when connectedness goes uh, off the rails? Yeah, <laughs> 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 ah,
1: that's a good question. So sometimes connectedness. So one of the things I want you to look at, if you look at your full thirty four report, um, for on for each of your top ten, it has. A, I forget what it's called, What it says, but there is um, a section in there. Um, like what to watch out for, what to watch out for, or something like that. I had it actually up earlier. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's something like what to watch out for. Um, I know it's right here. Just one second. Watch out for blind spots. Watch out for blind spots. Right. And so it'll tell you it's called watch out for blind spots and it has it for each of your top five. I mean, each
0: of your top 10. Okay. Right. So I think that's
1: super helpful
0: that's that's kind of and i did i did read those when i read my report and every single one of them was like ah oh, totally do that i am guilty of doing that
1: mm-hmm. so connectedness here's where connectedness can get you in trouble connectedness sort of has this deep belief that everything happens for a reason we're all connected and it's all going to be okay right when somebody else is really hurting They do not want to hear everything happens for a reason, right? They want, sometimes they want somebody to cry with them and sometimes connectedness, they love this person. They love the person they're in relationship with, but sometimes they can, they can be really calm, um, in the midst of turmoil and craziness because they sort of have this underlying belief that everything is going to work out and that it's all things are going to happen the way that they're supposed to um and so that that calmness can be really centering for other people when it needs to be but it can also make other people feel like that you don't have a clue what's going on and that you're not really taking this very seriously
0: okay you just, just explained like 90% of the issues i have my husband and i have he <laughs> i think that's what I, you just nailed it it drives him crazy when i'm like it's just going to work out babe i just know it it's fine don't worry about it we're going to like the checks in the mail You'll see, right. and he's like, yeah, but where is it? What's happening? What?" And, and he, him and I are total opposites. So that makes perfect sense. That's why it never occurred to me. That's why that drives him so crazy.
1: Yes. Yeah. Cause that's not, and he might have something like deliberative that is really good at paying attention to risks and understanding every risk and oh. evaluating every risk. Right. And that what, what is so powerful about strings is when we come together and realize that both of those things are needed, right? That both this perspective of connectedness and this belief that it's going to be okay and that you can be calm even when it's not because you know eventually it will. And his ability to evaluate the risks, right? Because he's going to see some things you're going to miss.
0: You know what? I love love that so much because the more I learn about myself, and my true nature, because I think we, we, and I have, I'm neurodivergent. So I have taken on a lot of masks. Uh, I've learned to be really like good at looking one way to, you know, stay out of trouble or whatever. But the truth is when I look at um, who I really am, the more granular I get about it, the more I appreciate everyone else's differences. Like how great to be so deliberate and organized and like, Exacting, yes. whereas I'm over here, you know, flying off, flying off the wall, and like I'm thinking of clients in the past who needed like a very exact plan of how we're going to get there, and I'm like, don't worry about it, we'll get there. <laughs> and right. can you imagine having clients that were super deliberative, and you're over here being all connectedness, like we're going to figure it out as we go. Don't worry about it. <laughs> They're like, right, what? What does that mean exactly? That hurts
1: my brain. Yes, exactly. That, I mean, knowing that about yourself, but I I think that like, you know, when I look at my bottom, there's some things down there that it's clear that like, I don't naturally do those things. um, But those don't get me in near as much trouble as my strengths if I'm not paying attention and just letting them run off the rails.
0: So that That brings me back to a thought that I had a few minutes ago about the fact that some of our greatest strengths can be framed as liabilities when we're kids, especially. So we grow up and maybe we start developing these subconscious self-limiting beliefs about ourselves because somebody said we have our head in the clouds. Maybe we're strategy or like, what are some of the things that like, let's brainstorm for a minute and see if we can come up with some things that have been framed as liabilities for yeah. us or people we know. And then yeah. we grow up and we're trying to tone down our strengths all the you time because it. it's one thing to let it run rampant. Right. Right. But we also, we don't want to dial, not use them. What a waste. Yeah. Yes. So here's one
1: that I think is fascinating. Um, one of the 34 strengths um, that is, I think my number 11 or so, I would not admit, I would not be surprised if it's somewhere in your top half is command. Um, and people with command, uh, the way I describe them is they have presence. Um, they can take control of the situation and make decisions. But the best way I know to describe them, do you know those people that if they walk into a crowded room, you know they've walked in? They've got presence. Right? Like, they just, you just they know, command the room. room. They command the room, right? Even if you don't immediately turn or go talk to them or whatever, you just... They're there, right? They have this presence, okay? Um, Not a real popular strength for women. Oh, yeah. Not very encouraged, right? So women I know who have command in their top five or 10 um, have often been squished, right? Often been discouraged. Like, that's not very ladylike. Other people are supposed to be in charge. Why do you always have to be so bossy?
0: Oh, my God. I had a nickel. Right? right. But no. I had a yes. nickel. Hold <laughs> Here's how we're going to do this. Later. <laughs> right? Yes,
1: exactly. Exactly. So command is certainly one. Um, woo is another one. I think, you know, woo is winning others over. It's an influencing strength. Um, and people with woo, they just love making connections with new people. Um, depending on their other strengths, they may not always go super deep. They really just love meeting a lot of new people, right, and interacting. And they sort of naturally, other people naturally like them, right? Um, well, sometimes people can get a real bad rap for that, right? Mm-hmm. It can feel salesy and and inauthentic, even though it's not inauthentic, but it can feel that way to somebody else who really only wants primarily deep relationships or, or really values um, going deeper with people, then that sort of woo, oh, I'm going to flit around from one person to the next in the room and talk to a whole bunch of people can feel really inauthentic.
0: Huh, interesting. What's the difference between learner and input?
1: Mm, Good question.
0: Um, Input is about gaining the information,
1: and it may or may not be learning how to do something. Um, And people with input want all of it. They want to go all the way and know all the things, right? Um, learner is a little bit more, they just relish the, um, relish actually learning things. They relish the process of learning. Um, and a lot of times they will flip from topic to topic.
0: So they want to learn something well enough to do it and then move on to the next topic. Okay. That helps. That helps a lot. Cause so my number two is input and my number four is learner. And right. So my husband, I actually asked him about this this weekend because I was trying to remember what it was, but he sat me down years ago, probably after I quit one of my jobs really quickly and started a new business or whatever. And it was he was like, I need you to stop being such a laser beam and I need you to be more like a floodlight and spread your you know, energy around because I do that. I will go down a rabbit hole and I will obsess yeah. and obsess and obsess. And then once I figured it out and I've learned it all, I'm moving on to the next thing. I have right. like... I have thousands of dollars worth of spandex in my closet because I needed to learn how to sew bikinis at one point in time, not that long ago. And like, I'm embarrassed by it that I have all that spandex in there, but it does help to know that that's something that I do that's just part of my character. And when it's running rampant, I look like a flake because I'm just like... Off to the next thing, laser beam, and then off to the next thing. Right. Well, and the interesting thing that learner input combo
1: um, often looks like I learn a little bit about a lot of things, and then a few topics I go all the way in. Right. Yeah. So one of the things I'm I'm looking for, real quick. I'm not going to find it fast enough. Um, I love thinking about theme dynamics because one of the things about strengths, right? We talked about how the order matters and. One in three mil, 33 million top five, the same order. Um, how those things play out together matters a lot. So strategic looks one way for me, even connectedness. We just talked about as much as we have in common in our top 10, connectedness is not the same for you as it is for me because it's colored differently by the different strengths, right? And so learner for somebody who doesn't have input, um, they, it's a little less, um, probably a little less laser beam because they don't need to go quite as deep. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, And input without learner is real chill. It's like, I just have this one thing and I'm going to go all the way into it. and I'm going to know everything about it. I'm going to collect all the books. Huh? So the order really matters too, then the order really matters. And um, even just looking at any set of two or three of your strengths, And how they play off of each other
0: matters a lot. I love thinking about all this stuff. I love, I just love, and it's just, it makes me sad to think about how much of, how much time I spent trying to do things I'm not good at or feeling badly because I maybe wasn't great at something that I really wanted to be good at. Um, Mm -hmm. When in reality, like it's so much, it feels so much better just to like dive into the strengths Um, But I'm glad that you said that about uh, knowing how to dial them and how to, how to manage them because they, I could see, I could definitely see like times in my life when they went on overdrive somehow and like um, caused problems.
1: (laughs) Right. They absolutely can. Well, that's where, you know, I mean, one of the reasons why I do the work that I do is that I, and I do lots of things besides strengths related to leadership and teams, but I love using strengths in that work because, um, I haven't reached the end of the application yet, right? Once you know the basics of your strengths, and then if we're going to have a conversation about conflict, your strengths are going to play into how you deal with conflict. If we're going to have a conversation about goal setting, then once you write your goals, I'm going to say, okay, how are you going to strengths? How are you? How do your strengths help or hinder you from your plan? And how do you need to adjust your plan to work with your strengths, right? Um, I just haven't found the end of where all it can be applied yet.
0: Because it's not just business either; it's our families. Right. It's, I mean, it's all of it. Once you start looking at all your interactions and the things that you do and the way that you act in this light, it's really interesting to kind of yes. go back and think, "Oh, that's why that went down that way."
1: <laughs> One of the most interesting things I've done, and I didn't charge them for it because there are some friends of mine, but I did a coaching session with two parrots. Of five teens. Oh wow! And all seven of their strengths.
0: Fascinating. That's cool. I wish. Ah, oh God, I love. I would love to know. I would love to get Jeremy's strengths down on paper so that I could prove to him why he should be doing the grocery shopping and not me. <laughs> look how deliberate you are. I'm like, <laughs> look what a good I don't job need a list. <laughs> yep. Yeah. That's funny. Really oh, that's so helpful. Well, so you have, um, you have an offer that you do that's, uh, it's, uh, hold on here. I didn't get that far to writing that down. What's the offer? Okay. The strengths
1: deep dive. Is that, are you talking about the like one on one coaching about your strengths?
0: Yeah, I want to I want to know how people how people can work with you if they're not, sure. you know, a big corporation or, um, you sure. know, do do you work with smaller entrepreneurs and yeah. businesses?
1: I do. Um, I do a lot of training and and retreats and things like that for bigger organizations, usually for entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, etc. Um, the main ways that they will usually work with me is through coaching. Um, and the two ways that I typically do that is I have a um, six month minimum executive coaching package. So we can meet twice a month for at least six months. And we start with understanding your strengths. And then we really spend a lot of time on whatever it is you're trying to figure out in your life or your business or your leadership and how your strengths apply to that. Um, the other way is the strengths deep dive package. It is a small package. You get the assessment um, and you get a video for me explaining strengths and a video for me explaining your strengths. And then two coaching sessions, the first one focused on what are your strengths and what do they mean? And the second one, um, we're going to apply them to one specific goal. Um, so that is, that's the quick, easy, um, it's a really good place for a lot of people to start because they don't want to spend a lot of money. They don't want to go, um, you know, commit to long-term coaching, but you really get a lot of information. Um, in a short period of time. And I love selling that package because I don't have a lot of executing strengths and discipline and things like that. So uh, like a two session couple of videos and two coaching sessions package works really great for me.
0: Yeah, I hear you. I can't believe I ever did retainers, like long term retainers and things that are super repetitive and not very fluid. I love like the one day intensive type stuff.
1: Yep. Yeah. So that's, that's really what this is. It's just broken out into two sessions because I want you to think about it a little bit before we try to apply it.
0: I love that. That's, I might have to do
1: that.
0: Yeah. Um, it's a I, lot of fun. It would probably save me a lot of time because I've considered getting certified because oh. it's so interesting, like going down that rabbit hole right. and learning everything I can about it. Right. But right. Um, how practical yep. is that at this point? And would that really help? <laughs> like, right. Maybe not.
1: Yes. It will cost you a lot less than getting certified too.
0: Yeah, it's expensive. And it sounds like, I mean, you have a really deep understanding of all this. So it probably is a lot of information and a lot of training that um, has gone into knowing what you know about it. So maybe I won't. Yeah, I've been
1: doing strengths since 2005. I used to run the strengths program at Texas A&M. And so I did, I've done multiple weeks of training through Gallup. I I know the stuff pretty well at this point but i love that string steep dive is my favorite so if somebody is interested in doing that i charge 597 for it um i can send you a link like you can literally just hop on the website and buy it you get yeah. the full 34 plus the videos and coaching sessions um i think it's a steal but it's a lot of fun
0: that does that sounds like would that be a good fit for somebody who was maybe um working in their business but not happy and maybe at a crossroads and not sure which direction they needed to go Yes, absolutely. Because what we're going to, you know, you get to use
1: those calls kind of how it works for you. Um, usually the first call we're going to spend mostly kind of exploring your strengths. But then that second call is 100% focused on what do these strengths mean for an area that you want to apply into. So if you are not sure if you're at a crossroads, you're like, how do I set this up? What do I want to do with this? Um, that would be a really good starting point to just help you think through some of what that means.
0: Oh, I love that. I might have to do that myself. Yeah. I um, love it. I feel it. like there's always a, I always, I'm always at a crossroads of some kind, I feel like. A hundred percent. Always. I know what that's yes. all about. All right, Carol. Well, where can everybody connect with you? Um, I would love for people to connect with
1: me on LinkedIn. Um, You'll find me on LinkedIn as Carol McBride Wheeler. Um, you can also search for NOPA leadership, N-O-P-A leadership, um, and you'll find me there. That is the best way to connect with me. I love connecting with people on there. I post a lot of um various content and videos, etc. some about strengths, some more generically about leadership. Um, But that's the quickest and easiest way. If you want to book a call with me, you can also go to NOPAleadership.com, and there's a quick, easy little button to schedule some time to chat.
0: Awesome. Thank you. You are so welcome. Thanks, Kara.